I brought up, and it's interesting to see some of those things. And uh, again, I didn't have anybody come this week and say, well, Pastor, I think you're reading something in there that's not there. And that's fine, because I'm not going to tell you that that's specifically the way that it is. But it is interesting that those gates do seem to picture some things in our own Christian life, doesn't it? And that's just kind of the way God is, I think. It's, uh, he's so perfect in writing His Scripture. And this book is such a perfect book that oftentimes we find things in there that uh, are just amazing to think about. And we don't want to over-spiritualize or pull something out of context. That's not our intent. Um, but it is interesting that those gates can very easily distinguish how our Christian life ought to be and how we ought to grow. And so we looked a little bit about that last week. Nehemiah chapter number 4, and we get to uh, verse number 1. And uh, so we find now that they're getting uh, the wall built, they're getting the gates built. And as they're making all this great progress and, and things are starting to, to happen there, uh, these folks that were critical of them at the onset, Sam Ballot and Tobiah and uh, Gershom, uh, these, these fellows are so um, uh, critical of anything that is to the welfare of the nation of Israel, and especially to these folks here in Jerusalem. And so as they start to see progress made, and I, I guess maybe they thought that if they would criticize and ridicule, it might discourage them and keep them from doing the work that God had given them to do. But it didn't. As we saw, Nehemiah said, I, I, I kept on going. I just kept doing it. When they start seeing some progress made, and we get to verse 4, it says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Uh, this is somebody who was, who was not just um, disappointed that somebody was doing something to... Uh, see Jerusalem rebuilt. He he was angry at it. This guy was. Uh, I, I I would have to say, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, that Sanballat was certainly at least oppressed by Satan and possibly possessed by Satan or or one of those devils that that go along with Satan, because the Bible talks about the fact that uh, Satan is at enmity with God. He's he's the opposing force of it, and uh, he hates everything that God does. And so whenever we find God doing something, and it's a good thing, and you would think people would be glad about it, even people that it didn't benefit would say, well, there's a good thing going on over there. But Sam Ballad is angry about this thing. And so certainly he's an instrument of Satan being used uh, to try to discourage Nehemiah and the builders and the nation of Israel. And uh, he's very wroth. He's very angry. Uh, he is, he's not... This isn't just something that is of concern to him. This is something that I, I read here and the, the, the strength of wording that is used about his anger and his wrath lends itself to the idea that Sam Ballot is getting ready to drop all of everything else he does in life and focus only on trying to throw a wrench in what uh, they're doing at Jerusalem. This is how bent of mind this man is. And verse number 2 it says, and he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria. So again, he's not just telling this to his neighbor and his friends. He's trying to raise an insurrection against these people. He's trying to incite people against what God is doing. And by the way, we're seeing a lot of that happen in the day that we live, aren't we? Uh, whenever anything happens that's good for the cause of Christ, this world is trying to do everything it can to incite others against it and to be angry against it. And we asked a couple weeks ago the question, and we'll have that question asked numerous times in the book of Nehemiah. And the question is, what does it take to stop us? 
Uh, is it just going to take some ridicule, some criticism? Is it going to take some opposition? Is it going to take some mild persecution to keep us from doing what God has called us to do? Or what does it take to stop us? And I think there's a lot that can be found here in the book of Nehemiah to encourage us and strengthen us to keep steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so we get to verse 2, and this, this man, he's on a vendetta here. He goes and he tells the brethren, he incites the army of Samaria, and he says, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. This is interesting to me, because this is so typical. When somebody gets critical of God's Word, it's not very long before somebody else joins them. And you can almost see Tobiah standing around, and he's probably this little timid fella that probably doesn't say anything until he's emboldened by someone else doing something. At least that's the feel I get as I read this, this passage. And, and Sam Ballot, he comes out bold, he gets it to the brethren, he comes to the army of Samaria, he's trying to incite them. And Tobiah said, oh yeah, let me tell you this, I'll, I'll join in there too. And he throws his little tidbit in. Can I encourage this in two ways? Number one, just because there are a number of people that are very vocal about their opposition to us does not make it wrong, that we're, uh, what we're doing wrong. We need to still do what God is doing no matter how vocal people get. Because these people are getting loud, they're getting boisterous. The second thing I would tell us about this thing is be careful, even among God's people, there are times where we can become critical of God's work or God's workers. And we've got to be careful. Because we, we oftentimes think, well, the damage is in only between my heart and that person. Maybe somebody's doing something for the Lord and we become critical of them. And maybe how they're doing it or, or what their motivation, what we perceive their motivation to be in doing it. And so we begin talking to others about them and, and what they're doing for the Lord. We have to be careful because that, that will spread like a poison. Uh, and just like we see here, Sam Ballet, he starts off, and it's not long before Tobiah, who's there with him. The Bible speaks of that. Verse number 3, now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, so he's near him. And he tells him, he says, and he said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. And so he incites others to involve and, and become vocal as well. So we've got to be careful in even our circles that we not become critical of God's work or God's worker. If there's a brother that is overtaken in a fault, if there's someone that's doing something the wrong way or with the wrong motivation, it is not for us to go to someone else or to go publicly and try to incite, uh, rise up a, a, a group of people against them. It's for us to go to them privately and in a spirit of humility, having prayed first and made sure our heart was right, and say, Let, let's sit down and figure this thing out. And we need to do things God's way again. I don't know why, it, it, it's the world's philosophy to spread bad news and try to make others look bad. That's the worldly philosophy. That's what Satan does. And it has crept into our circles, our Christian circles, in such, in such ways that as a pastor, oftentimes when I see it happening, I just shake my head and think, what are these people thinking? To, to, to be able to go out here and to try to incite uh, criticism towards God's work, towards God's people, God's servants... And not realizing the damage that we cause, the harm that is caused. We raise bitterness in the hearts sometimes of other brothers and sisters in Christ towards that person or towards that ministry. 
We've got to be so careful the damage that we cause to the cause of Christ by not watching our words and the things that we're, we say. And so if somebody does you wrong, if, somebody, if, if, if the pastor does you wrong, let's use me for this. If I do something wrong, if I say something that's offensive to you, come sit with me. Come, come say, Pastor, we got a problem. We need to fix this. Uh, don't go spreading it around everywhere. Don't, definitely don't post it on Facebook. All right? You don't realize the harm that is caused when things like this happen. And, and we find this, uh, this principle here. As, as Tobiah is there with Samballot, he seems like this guy that always hangs around him. And uh, when Samballot gets critical, all of a sudden Tobiah gets critical. And he becomes emboldened to do it. And so we get to verse number uh, 3. It says, Now Tobiah the Ammonite uh, was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. So they've got a lot of criticism here. I love verse 4. Immediately, hear, O our God, for we are despised. What was their response? When Sanballat came and was critical of them and was, wrath, was, was full of wrath towards them and anger towards them, and he incites the army and he incites Tobiah, what was their response? What was the first thing they did? They prayed to God. They went to God. They didn't try to defend themselves. They didn't get back on Facebook and start throwing things back at Sanballat and Tobiah, you know, the Old Testament Facebook that they used to have back then. And uh, they, didn't, they didn't do those things. The first place they went was to God. By the way, when people start criticizing you and persecuting you, the first place we need to go is to God. I don't know how many times I have, <laughs> to my shame, struck back verbally and had to come back and apologize later on. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I have been there. I have put my foot in my mouth so many times by simply striking out first and not saying, Lord... I need some wisdom here. How am I going to deal with this? Give me the strength. And I found out that there's over and over and over in Scripture, there are so many times that the wise man comes to God first and that the foolish man speaks first. And uh, so anyway, he comes to the Lord, and, and Nehemiah does and the people do. He says, Hear, O God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head. And they pray pretty harshly towards Samballot and Tobiah. And give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity. Let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Notice verse 6, and I love this, and again, we see this so often in Nehemiah. So built we the wall. Did they stop? Are they there yet? I mean, they've got an army that's now incited against them. Did Nehemiah look at that and say, boy, the Sumerian army, boy, they're, they're going to come and they're going to wipe us out if we don't stop. What, what do we do? He didn't call the, the leaders together and say, boy, fellas, I'll tell you, I, you know, we, maybe, we, maybe we best just, just put a halt to this. He says, so built we the wall. We prayed to our God and then we left it in his hands and we kept doing what we were supposed to do. And that's what we as God's people are supposed to do. When people come against us, we say, you know what, Lord, I need you to handle this. I'm going to keep right on doing what you've had me do. And uh, so built we the wall. I love that, verse 6. And, you know, just sometimes the way these writers wrote this uh, in Scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is, is such an inspiration to us, isn't it? It just, it just charges our batteries. It makes us want to just go out there and fight the battle, you know. He says, so built we the wall. 
And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Well, there's a great lesson to be learned there, isn't there? The people had a mind to work. We're living in a day where we have become uh, comfortable because of the lack of persecution, because of the religious liberty we so enjoy. We've become comfortable, and oftentimes when comfort comes, the mind to work seems to dwindle. The mind of, Lord, we're going to labor for you, we're going to do our work for you, we're going to give our life to you. Uh, that, that tends to become very lax and very lackadaisical. These people had a mind to work. And uh, I think that ought to be said of all Christians. But it came to pass, verse number 7, that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites, well, wait a minute, I, I didn't hear about all of them in verse number 1 and 2. What's happened? Somewhere between verse number 1 and verse number San, uh, 7, Sanballat's been pretty busy here, hasn't he? He doesn't just have the Sumerians going. He's got the Ammonites, the Ashdodites, the Arabians. He's got all kinds of people after him now. I mean, he has stirred up a mess, hasn't he? It's getting greater and greater. The opposition is getting stronger and stronger. And the danger is growing greater and greater in the eyes of the Israelites. When they heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Now we got a whole bunch of folks mad at them. And conspired all of them together. Do we see this? To come and to fight against Jerusalem. And to what? To hinder it. That's always Satan's desire, isn't it? If he can get people fighting, then he has hindered the work of God. I have watched in my lifetime as good men and good ministries that differ on a certain principle begin to fight one another. You ever notice that? And I think every time Satan can cause us to fight amongst ourselves, he sits back and he laughs thinking, I have done it. I have hindered the work. Let's pray to God, ask Him to deal with it, and keep on doing what we're supposed to do. God will take care of it. My dad used to say years ago, and I'm sure he got it from Scripture somewhere, it's in the Greek there somewhere, God keeps good records. Let Him deal with it. I'll let Him, I'll let him deal with the things. And oh, if we could ever get to this point, I, I tell you, you know, there's a sense of humility. That, that you, certainly you have to have... A humble spirit to be able to do this. Because our old prideful nature is, they did me wrong, I'm going to strike back. And it takes some humility to say, you know what, I'm just going to pray for them, and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I don't share an awful lot uh, of very, very personal illustrations, but I'm going to share one this morning with you. When I pastored down in Florida, the church down there was a large ministry, very large ministry, and had a lot of financial obligations, but we had a, a large ministry that was able to handle it. When 2008 and the crash of 2008 came, uh, our, our uh, finances dried up, and our church became very, very strapped financially, very, very difficult, difficult times. And uh, and that's that's saying it lightly. Uh, 
And as a result of that, and I was a brand new, I was the brand new pastor there. I'd only been pastor about a year when all of that happened. And some opposition came. People began saying, well, we never had these problems when your dad was the pastor. And, uh, you know, one fellow stood up in a meeting and said, you're like an 18-year-old kid with a new credit card spending us into all this debt. And I said, brother, we haven't spent anything. We're just trying to pay the bills. And uh, I... Uh, I had gone through a lot of stress, and, and it had affected my family, and I couldn't sleep at night, many nights. And so uh, one, there was one morning in particular, it was a Wednesday morning, I'll never forget. About 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I got out of bed, and my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I can't sleep, I might as well go to work. And so I got up and went down to the church, and I remember walking around the property that morning. I went into the auditorium, and I sat down in the front pew, and I said, Lord, I've got to have some relief. I just need some encouragement. And that was the word I used. I've got to have some encouragement. <clears throat> we had a, a staff man on our staff at the time. And uh, that uh, evening I came home from church. And uh, my wife had gone in and she had checked an email, a post of some sort. I wasn't on that kind of stuff back then as far as Facebook or any of that kind of thing. And and there was a letter that had been openly submitted all over the internet from this fellow that was a staff member of our church and just a scathing, scathing letter uh, against attacking me personally and attacking my family. And uh, to this day, I've never read it. I've only heard of how bad it's been from other folks. I didn't want to read it because I love this fellow very much. I still love him. And uh, he was hurt, and he was mad, and he was upset about things, and so he wrote this letter, and literally it went all over the, the world. I would say the United States, but it went all over the world. The next day I was getting calls from Japan and Germany, phone calls from people that had gotten this thing. And uh, just unbelievable uh, what had happened there. And I came into work Thursday morning, and... Uh, the rest of my staff men were all waiting out front in the parking lot for me when I got there. And they're like, Pastor, we're going over to his house. And I said, no, you're not. They said, well, what are we going to do about this? I said, well, for one, we're going to go in the office and pray. So we all went in there and prayed, and I said, as soon as we're done, we're going to go out and we're going to start knocking some doors today. We went out for two hours that morning and knocked on doors around our neighborhood and shared the gospel with people. And I said, we're going to do this every day until this matter is over. Because we could have stood there and fought, and Satan would have gained the ground, wouldn't he have? But to keep on doing what we were supposed to do, what God had called us to do, was more important. And I know some people would criticize maybe what I did there and say, well, no, you should have, you should have corrected that or fixed that. But I'll tell you this, God blessed it. God blessed it. God was able to restore some of the relationships that were broken through that opportunity. And uh, God was able to do some things in our church. We saw some people saved through it. We saw people come and join our church through it. And what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. And if we will do right, if we'll do the things that we're supposed to do. And I love this portion of Nehemiah, I do. Because we learn some things about it. Human nature is 
boy, I just want to get them back, or I want to defend myself. But God has so much more for us. He has so much more for us. And so I want to uh, share that with you. And uh, hopefully we won't forget that lesson from Nehemiah. Uh, it's, it's an important one. It's one that we are in such need of today. And uh, we're not going to make it through the rest of the chapter today. It's already quarter till, so we'll go ahead and stop there and start. We'll pick up verse number 10 next Sunday. But isn't God's Word amazing? I'll tell you, I love studying it. It teaches me how I'm supposed to live, which oftentimes is not how I want to live. <laughs> But I'm so glad it does, don't you? Because I'll tell you, I, if, if all we did was live the way we wanted to live, we'd make a mess of things so bad. And, and we'd stir things up. We'd cause harm to the cause of Christ. I'm glad he gives us instruction how we're to behave ourselves, how we're to conduct ourselves. And I'm thankful for even the Old Testament that so vividly pictures these things. And so uh, thankful for that. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word. We pray that you'll bless it and use it. Lord, it's been a short lesson this morning, and we haven't made it through a lot of the, the chapter, but Lord, so much in there that encourages us, Lord, to keep going and to, to, not, to not cave in when the, the opposition comes, to not, to not get involved in being distracted by it, but that we would keep pressing on, that we would keep doing the work you've called us to do, that we would spend time in prayer giving it over to you and then just keep on keeping on. So, Father, help us, I pray, and, uh, and may we learn to conduct ourselves wisely and as Christians in the way that you would want us to, that we can honor and glorify you in the way that we uh, react to those of this world that may try to give us a difficult time or, or uh, cause us to stop what we're doing. Father, may we be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Dismiss us with your blessings. Bless the service to follow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll be back in about 15 minutes. I'm just going to sit up here and uh, bear with me if I don't come shake your hands, but uh, I'm not moving around real good today. so. <laughs>